When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, cricket's on the lips of many people at the moment with the Ashes series on the horizon. A build-up, a big build-up in more ways than one, both on and off the field, it's fair to say, in recent weeks. But we finally get stuck into the nitty-gritty of it. And, of course, the big bash is on the horizon as well. So plenty happening locally in Australia when it comes to cricket. And a man, well, speaking of being synonymous with Victorian cricket, our next guest is just that. And he's synonymous with this local area as well in Wonthaggy. He's a man from that region. I speak of Darren Chuckberry, who's part of the SEN cricket commentary team with the Big Bash. He joins us on the line. How are you, Chuck? Good morning, Damien, and really good morning to all the Gippslanders. I was wrapped when uh, I got the call to say, come on and have a chat to the Gippslanders this morning, because I do have some fond memories of growing up uh, in that region, playing country week cricket and schoolboys all through the region. And you mentioned Wonthaggy. I know your show is sponsored by Harvey Norman in Wonthaggy. So we've got the preliminaries out of the way. A bit to look forward to, isn't it? Oh, certainly is. I might as well just ask you about growing up in the region. Tell us about your memories and how you fell in love with the game of cricket and how the country culture, I guess, fostered that love. Yeah, good question and it was great, to be honest. I mean, it's a long time ago now, but my uh, my parents lived in Dandenong in Melbourne and Dad retired and we and we moved to Wonthaggy when I was in about grade five at, at primary right. school. And I was a bit apprehensive, you know, going to the country, quite a life, but it was the best thing my parents ever did for me because... I had a great grounding in Wonthaggy, and sport played a, a big role um, in everyone's lives but down there with the local footy club, and uh, there was real rivalry back then between Wonthaggy Rovers and Wonthaggy Blues. It's now the Wonthaggy Power combined, but I played for the Rovers. We were like the poor cousin up against the big dominant uh, Blues, but they were some great footy memories. And then as a cricketer, um, I had some really good role models in Wonthaggy, people that looked after me and took me under their wing, I always played, Damien, as a young boy. I always played with men, and I would encourage, you know, talented youngsters, the quicker you can play with men, that was a great learning curve for me. And as I said, throughout the region, in Wonthaggy, um, and then I actually moved over to the Lee and Gaffer competition, which was perceived at the time to be slightly stronger than the Wonthaggy comp, and I, I played, you ready for this? I played with a team mm-hmm. called Outram Moyara Kongwak. <laughs> uh, we'll shorten that demo to OMK. Yes. And probably one of the best batters in the region, a guy by the name of Steve McNamara. He was the opening batter, and uh, he took me under his wing. I actually blame him for the fact that I didn't really become uh, a great batter because he was my coach, and I hope he's listening this morning. He's now my accountant and, uh, and, a, and a lifelong friend. So, look, playing Country Week in Gippsland, uh, we had a Sale Mafra tournament, you know, right down through that region. I've got still got today some great friends right up until playing in the under-21 competition, Damien, and you've poked the bear here because I am passionate about the region, playing for South Gippsland against Gippsland and um, a lot of great memories. I was probably I was probably only 15 years of age playing in the under-21 competition uh, before I eventually um, was scouted to go to Melbourne and I went down and made my debut at Fitzroy Doncaster. I was still in year 11 at school at Wonthaggy High School. And that's where my cricket started. So I can't speak highly enough, Damo, of the, of the region and the people that influenced me early. 
That's a fantastic rundown, Chuck. And I understand as a 15 and 16-year-old, there's a great clip on YouTube of you uh, basically executing. Was it a leg side stumping off the bowling of Paul Rifle? Correct me if I'm wrong. But you were keeping up to the stumps to quick bowlers even in the seniors as a 15, 16-year-old of the local area as well, as I understand it. Yeah, no, good research. And that was probably something that I, that I did from a very young age. I mentioned Dandenong, Damien, and that's where mum and dad, I should be more precise and, and say actually Dufton, which is a pretty knockabout working class area. Mm. And uh, my cricket started as a real young boy in a vacant, in, in a paddock. We called it the paddock. And all the kids from the area, which I don't think happens enough these days, we played um, after school. There'd probably be 12 to 15 kids every night and like a lot of kids my age, you know, 50 plus, we'd paint the white lines, we'd mow a strip in the middle of the paddock, and they had the back fence, they know, was if you nick it between here and that paling, you're out, or the old nick it into the trampoline, you're out. Well, I didn't like that. I used to get in behind the stumps to these much older kids when I was, you know, 10, and I'd keep up to the stumps with the bare hands, albeit with a taped up tennis ball. And I think that's where the love of the game and the the sort of real verve for keeping up to the stumps begun. I moved to Wonthaggy, told them mm. I was a wicket keeper. Um, and then, yeah, I stood up to the stumps a lot in country cricket, as as you said, as a 14, 15-year-old boy. And some of the older men probably didn't like it. They thought, who's this little upstart standing up to the stumps? <laughs> and that probably carried through to the MCG when I got David Boone down the leg side off Paul Rifle, who still to this day is not happy that he's got a stumping on his, on his wickets taken column. <laughs> I love that though it's uh, it's I guess uh, gained a bit of a cult following that dismissal over time hasn't it we're speaking with Darren Chuck Berry on the line may as well have a little bit of a preview of the Ashes Chuck I mean it's been a big build up a lot of it happening off field but we get stuck into the on field stuff on Wednesday with the commencement of the first test what are your thoughts on the whole keeping situation and how that's transpired with the whole debate with Alex Carey Josh Inglis etc how have you seen it all unfold yeah, well, firstly, obviously, it's very disappointing and sad what's happened down in Hobart with Tim Payne, but enough's been said about that. Mm. Personally, I was asked about two weeks ago when it broke, and, and not that my vote counts, but I believe that uh, that James Pearson from Queensland was the, the, the best keeper, and I always lean towards the best keeper. Um, however, I knew the decision was going to come down to Alex Carey and Josh Inglis, and either way, the selectors went, I think, was a pretty handy choice. We're actually spoiled, I think, in this country at the moment. We've actually got some really good wicket-keeper batsmen. So uh, I'm very happy with the process I've been through. Carey's probably been the anointed one, you know, mm. captain his country at one-day level, hard-working, solid, really quality bloke. Obviously, when I coached um, South Australia and the Adelaide Strikers for five years, Alex Carey had just come back to the game after football from the GWS, which is another little side story that people yes. may have read. But he's a real quality sportsman, human being. You know, he's now 30 years of age, so he's experienced. Um, a few past players were pushing for English, but I, I like the fact that Kerry's earned this opportunity, and I think he'll be a, a really solid selection, both with the gloves and with the bat. Now, I'm a cricket venue, nothing, Chuck. Now, Hobart was reported yesterday is in the box seat to beat out Melbourne and Sydney to host the fifth test. You've played a lot of domestic grounds for many years. What are your thoughts? Do you think Hobart should have its moment in the sun, or are you of the opinion that it should go to one of the bigger grounds to host potentially two tests in the one series, say, at the MCG? Yeah, another really interesting debate and question. Selfishly, selfishly, I'd love to have the second one at the MCG, but they're selfish reasons because we've been starved of sport for two years <laughs> here in Victoria. 
And I'd love nothing more than that. How good would it be middle of January to have an MCG test? You've got the Australian Open going on just across the way. It'd be a sport, you said cricket nuffy. It'd be a sporty nuffy's heaven, and I'd be there. Yes. But honestly, you know, if I take my impartial Victorian hat off, why wouldn't Hobart, you know, want a test match? They've got a very excellent facility at Blunston Arena. They can put the lights on. Yeah, they're not going to get as much crowd as the MCG or the SCG, and they're not going to raise the revenue. But that doesn't mean Hobart should miss out. So I've got a bit of a soft spot there and think, well, you know, if we're a truly national game, we need to spread spread the uh, marmalade around. So selfishly, MCG, purposefully, uh, Hobart. Yeah, I'm with you about Hobart because traditionally when it comes to an Ashes summer, the Hobart match has often been a tour match between England and Australia A over the years. And I think they had a one-day played there between Australia and England. It was a beauty too back in 2002-03 where Damian Martin, I think, scored a century, uh, left it till the last ball of the innings to score a century down there at Bell Reeve. So it'd be great if uh, they had their moment in the sun. But again, that's a debate for another day, or I suppose it's a debate for the present time as well. And many people would have different opinions. What about the Big Bash coming up? You're part of the Big Bash Nation coverage, Chuck. What are your thoughts on the competition itself? There's been a lot spoken about the quality of it and how it compares to other domestic T20 competitions. What are your thoughts on the season ahead and who's going to be likely to be in the box seat to take out the title? Yeah, well, I love the Big Bash and very much looking forward to calling the action on SEN. I think my first game's on Monday night from memory. I've got the thunder and the heat, but we'll be covering all the matches on SEN, so you won't miss a minute of the action. I love the competition. I love the concept. Um, I was lucky enough to coach in it for four seasons over in Adelaide. I still believe, Damien, they, they drag it on too long. I think the tournament's too long. It should be done, I reckon, in five weeks. Five weeks, but it's sort of seven to eight weeks. If they could shorten it, a few more double headers. That's just for the logistics of it. Uh, and then when it first started, that you were getting big-name internationals. I think we've probably dropped the ball a little bit there. There's a few decent ones around this year that are coming in and and Rashid Khan for the Adelaide Strikers has been a sensation. You know, the leg spinner from Afghanistan is the best in the world. Uh, so Adelaide have done well there with Rashid. Um, the two Melbourne teams, obviously, this year. Renegades coming off Stone Loveless. They've got a new setup, new coach, new captain. Can they rise this year? And the, the Melbourne Stars, eh? They're a little bit like the football team that I follow, Damien. Um, St Kilda. The old Saints. St Kilda. No flags to show for a lot of effort for the Melbourne Stars. Is it this year? I'm not sure. I'm looking at their list. You know, I've got all the lists down in front of me in preparation. At full strength, they're pretty good, you know, with Stoinis and um, and Maxwell in the lineup and Adam Zampa. But if those guys go away to the Australian one-day side, I'm just not sure their list's strong enough to win it. Sorry to say, Melbourne Stars. I like the Hobart Hurricanes and never go past the Sydney Sixers. They've won back-to-back. Greg Shippard's the coach. Experienced. They've got some great players and a few handy overseas players as well in, in Vince, Jordan, Curran, and, and remember the name, Carlos Braithwaite. Sydney Sixers will be up there. I hope the Melbourne sides are shaking the cage. And I always got to, yeah, I think the Hobart Hurricanes list pretty good too. Yeah, you mentioned Greg Shippard. I've spoken to Bryce McGain in the past. He's very, very praiseworthy of Greg Shippard and the way he goes about it as a coach. Uh, Chuck, just to finish off, we've just divert back to the Ashes. What are your predictions of the series itself? A lot of people are suggesting Australia at home should be too strong, but you never know with England. I know there's been questions about their batting depth over the last probably 12 months, but what are your thoughts on the outcome of the series? 
Yeah, look, I think we, I think we will win the series. I don't think it'll be a whitewash. I don't, I don't expect it to be a five niller. You know, the, the weather in Brisbane could be could be important. Although I think the wicket's going to do a bit. Whoever wins the toss might have a big say in this game up there. But you know, when you have got guys in that side, uh, well, Joe Root obviously is the backbone of the batting. Uh, ben Stokes is a massive inclusion for England, massive inclusion. And then whether you love them or hate them, Broad and Anderson with the ball, uh, very, very good. So don't just think this is an easy Ashes. I think it's going to be competitive. I think Australia will win. So we might go 3-1, you know, maybe with a draw, if I was being um, honest about my assessment of where the series is at. Well, Chuck, appreciate your time. All the best for Big Bash Nation ahead and for the Ashes as well. Anytime, Damo, and uh, all my love to the Gippslanders today.